All eyes tomorrow will be on Wes Miller. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We're free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel and follow it to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. My name is Alex Frank, your host each and every day right here on Lockdown Bearcats. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. The Bearcats and the Houston Cougars will square off tomorrow in Houston. The Cougars are the number three team in the country. So the Bearcats and third-ranked Houston, 215 on CBS. Looking forward to watching the game. And all eyes to me will be on Wes Miller. Because Russ said this yesterday, or Wednesday, if you tune into our live room. But I think, and what Russ said was, Wes Miller's a good coach, but the talent is just not there on this team. I disagree. I think the talent is there. At some point in time, Wes Miller is going to have to start coaching the Bearcats to wins in big games. That starts tomorrow. It comes down to coaching for the Bearcats. Tell Jeremiah Davenport not to shoot so many threes. They've been better at rebounding since Odio Guama moved to the starting lineup, but now they get but now they gotta get players 100 percent in their roles. If Landers Nolly and David DeJulius are your best three-point shooters, they should take the most threes. Not Jeremiah Davenport. He's going to shoot you out of the game. There's an 0 for 7 and 0 for 5 stretch in his last six games since being relegated to the bench. That's probably a big reason why his scoring average has dropped over the last six games. The Bearcats can win this game. I believe they can win this game on tomorrow in Houston. They have shown that... They can compete with some really good teams. I saw them go toe-to-toe with Arizona. And if it wasn't for one of the best shooting performances I've seen, the Bearcats probably would have won that game. They've gone toe-to-toe with Xavier, who's a top 25 team. They played Houston tough the first time around 72-59 to 59 in or at home just a few weeks ago, less than three weeks ago. And considering what this team has done against Houston recently, which has not been good at all, they have not beaten Houston in nearly three years. But that's because they haven't had the talent. Now they don't have the coaching yet. Wes Miller is is a good coach. I believe that. I love Wes Miller's passion. I love Wes Miller's energy, his enthusiasm for the program, what he's done on the recruiting trail, the transfers he has landed, but he hasn't been able to lead his team to wins in big games. And until he does, I'm going to, with this game starting tomorrow, have the spotlight on him. 
Will we see a clear and defined game plan? Will we see them establish and assert themselves? Um, and it reminds me of when I was in high school. I managed the varsity basketball team, and I'll never forget my sophomore year. We had talent. We had a very talented team. We thought going into the season that, I mean, we had really ambitious goals. We had, um, go, I mean, we had goals of district championship, go undefeated at home, um, go undefeated. I mean, we were talking up a very, very good season. Then the season starts, and we couldn't put a string of wins together. We were always competitive in big games. We never got blown out. But that, but we hadn't taken the next step. You know, here we were at one point in the season, four and nine. We had just lost two big games, and we won nine straight to end the season. And I remember at one point, our head coach, um, there was a there was a Friday Saturday weekend of games. We lose the first game at home to one of our biggest rivals. Should never have lost the game, and we then beat um, a regional opponent the next night. I mean, we lose by three on Friday, and then we turn around the next night and have one of the best performances of the season. And I'll never forget our head coach saying to us after that stretch of games. After the first game, they were like, oh, you're the worst coach in Ohio, and blah, blah, blah. And the next night they go, oh, your game plan against that team and that one particular player was tremendous. So, I mean, like, but what? But the point is this. At some point that season, we knew we had to start winning big games. Our head coach knew we had to start winning big games. His reputation was on the line. Eventually, he won plenty of big games in his career at my high school. I went to Springboro High School. Mike Holweger was our head coach. Um, still stay in touch with that man to this day. He's one of my um, closest friends, closest peers, and mentors. And that's how I view this situation with Wes Miller. I love the guy. I think he's going to do great things for the Bearcats men's basketball program. I want him to, but at some point, you've got to start to win big games. Time is running out. There are 10 games remaining starting tomorrow. This is a golden opportunity if you're the Cincinnati Bearcats. Now, is it going to be easy? No. Use this game, though, as the first building block to a potential 9-1 or 10-0 finish. The talent is there, I think. This team is talented. This team is really good offensively. This team has gotten so much better rebounding the ball. Now it's up to Wes Miller to lead his team to victory on the road against a top-five team. And by the way, since the Bearcats and Cougars last played on January 8th, here's what the Cougars have done. They barely squeaked by USF at home. They won by 20 at Tulane. That's a good win. They lose by one point to Temple at home. And then they win by 11 at UCF. But in two of those games, for a team that still only gives up 53.4 points per game, they've given up 70 or more points in two of their last four games. And we look at what the Bearcats have done offensively. They had an 83-point outing against ECU and an 85-point outing against USF. So the Bearcats can score. I believe the Bearcats are going to have a good offensive game tomorrow. The question is, can they play good enough defense? Can they win the rebound battle again against the Cougars? And then I think at the end of the game, it's going to come down to late game situations. I believe this game will be close. I believe this game is right there for the taking for the Cincinnati Bearcats. If they win this game, I'm telling you, 
the momentum it's going to create. The momentum that this is going to create for the Cincinnati Bearcats for the rest of this season is going to be huge. It's going to be palpable because this team can still make a run at the NCAA tournament. If they finish towards the top of the conference and they don't lose to a mediocre team in the in the quarterfinals of the AAC tournament, and then I think they still need to win a semifinal game. If they can get to that championship game, I think they can find a way into maybe a play-in game or maybe, hey, maybe the, 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 the first round of the tournament. But they got to win this game tomorrow. They got to – Wes Miller has got to put that signature win on his resume. Now, the Cougars are still really good, as I said. They still have an almost plus eight rebounding margin. They're still tied for the league lead in three-point shooting. They still shoot 46.5% from three. This is still a really good team. But the Bearcats are going to have to win these kinds of games at some point because, as Russ alluded to yesterday – and as I'm going to touch on next week, the Cincinnati, I mean, when the Bearcats go to the Big 12, they're not going to have a three-game stretch of ECU, SMU, and USF. No. You're, you're, I mean, your three-game stretch might be Iowa State, West Virginia, and, um, yeah, you get the point, Oklahoma State. Yeah, those three games aren't going to be easy. Getting one win is going to be hard. Try getting three. Your three-game stretch in the Big 12 next year, good luck. That's why you got to start to win these games. The Cougars are Big 12 ready right now. We, we, we've known that. The Bearcats can be too, but they got to win a game like this. And I wrote about this before the first Houston game on all Bearcats. I talked about how we're going to find out two things. One, how close are the Bearcats to Houston? And two, are the Bearcats ready for the Big 12? I think over the last six games or five games, I think over the last five games, my answer is leaning more towards yes but I still need to see that one big win. That can come tomorrow. It's the Bearcats in Houston square off 215 from Houston. All right, coming up, we're going to switch gears back to the gridiron. The offensive line is under a massive rebuild, but how important is offensive line play in the Big 12? I'll explain from this particular angle after I tell you that this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm so excited to have FanDuel Sportsbook as our official sportsbook of Locked On. Oops, something's going on here with the uh, live read. Okay, there we go. There we go. Um, <laughs> all right, so the NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, and that is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Here are the bets in the AFC Championship game that I like this week. I like the Bengals to cover. The Bengals are now a one-point underdog, according to FanDuel. I'll take the Bengals to cover and win. Over-under, I'm taking the over. And you'll hear about that in segment three. Um, other player bets. I like Joe Burrow over 276.5 passing yards. I like Patrick Mahomes over 282.5 passing yards. Uh, I like Joe Burrow and Patrick Holmes each over one and a half touchdown passes. I like Joe Mixon over 59 and a half rushing yards. Jamar Chase 
over 83 and a half receiving yards. Travis Kelsey under 77 and a half receiving yards. There you go. Those are the bets I like this weekend. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, do not miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NFL. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. My name is Alex Frank right here with you. On Lockdown Bearcats, we are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So the Bearcats offensive line, it's in a massive rebuild. I, I almost don't even recognize it, but let's look at it in terms of sacks allowed. Last year in the Big 12, there were five teams that ranked in the top 50 in sacks allowed. Kansas State, who won the Big 12 championship, ranked fourth. Four teams were between 50 and 100. TCU was eighth. One team was ranked tied for 112th. That was Texas Tech. Cincinnati, last year in the country, ranked tied for 105th in sacks. That would have been only above Texas Tech in the Big 12. So, yes, offensive line play does matter. But two of the five least sacked teams in the Big 12 have dual-threat quarterbacks. So, yes, of course, offensive line does matter. It's going to matter for your ability to run the football and Tom Manning's new offensive scheme. It's going to matter even if you have a dual-threat quarterback. Now, I think what you're going to see, because the Bearcats right now, we don't know who the five starters are going to be. I think we know Luke Kandra is going to be a starter. I think we know Gavin Gerhardt's going to be a starter. Maybe Trevor Redisevich. Maybe some of the other transfers like Philip Wilder is going to start. Um, right now, we do not know who's going to start. There are a lot of question marks at the second most important position on a football team. The key, to, the key is, though, one, know who your five guys are and stick with them throughout the season. Offensive line continuity, I cannot tell you how important that is. If you're shuffling your O-line cons- constantly, good night. If you have continuity, that's where development can happen. Look at the Bengals this year. The Bengals' offensive line, prior to Lyle Collins tearing his ACL week 16, they had the same five starters every single game. They struggled early on, but they got better as the season wore on because they started playing together more often. And just wait till next year um, when you have the, when you, when Collins is healthy, when Kappa's healthy, when Jonah's healthy. We know Ted Karras and Cordell Volson are still healthy, and Kappa and Williams could come back. But the point is this. If Cincinnati, if the Bearcats are going to shuffle around their offensive line, that's not going to help them. It's not going to help the quarterback. It's not going to help the offense. If you're shuffling around your own line, Bad things are going to happen. Bad things are bound to happen. 
Having a dual threat quarterback and getting creative on offense, as we saw with the Bengals game plan last week, Jay Morrison profiled this in the athletic, that can help an offense. If you're getting creative, if you're using motion, if you're using misdirection, if you're not just being a stagnant offense, just a simple drop back and pass, that's not going to work. You've got to mask your deficiencies because it will take time for this O-line to develop whoever is the starting five. That's where I'm at with this offensive line right now. I am hopeful that whoever does start is going to be really good, but at the same time, there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. And it's going to be very interesting to watch them throughout the throughout the spring, into the summer, what we're going to hear throughout the summer, in the fall camp. There's so much at stake with this offensive line. And I'm really excited to see who ends up getting the start, how much continuity there is, who uh is there going to be any reshuffling? Because there was some last year, much more so than in 2021 or in 2020. When you have continuity along your offensive line, good things happen. You're able to run the ball. Your quarterback's able to stand in the pocket and throw. And when you're creative offensively, which I I, I think we will see some of that with Scott Satterfield and Tom Manning and their collaborative play calling, I still think this offense is going to be okay. I don't know if they're going to be as good as they were last year or as good as 2021 or 2020, but I do think it's going to be a good offense. I don't think it's going to sputter. I don't think it's going to be like Iowa State last year. And if you're if you're concerned, again, if you're concerned about Tom Manning and recency bias, well, Iowa State wasn't a good offense last year. Okay, well, they were replacing Brock Purdy, who you'll see on Sunday in the NFC Championship game. I got a point about that, actually, coming up in segment three. And you will also see um sorry uh Brock Purdy they had replaced Brock Purdy and Brees Hall those are two major contributors to your offense in previous years and you didn't have them so of course the offense was gonna was bound to struggle Iowa State's defense was pretty good and I, I I'm still very hopeful with Tom Manning having coached in the Big 12 before he knows Big 12 defenses which I do think are a little better than what they're giving credit for, especially Kansas State and what they, excuse me, were able to do with TCU in the Big 12 championship. But offensive line play is going to matter. Uh, it's going to matter a huge amount. Um, I'm, I, I, am, I am excited because, yes, there is uncertainty. But that's kind, of, that's kind of a good thing because no one is expecting much from the Cincinnati Bearcats right now. No one is expecting them to go out there. By the way, the roster was updated just now on GoBearCats.com, which is good. No one is expecting um, the Bearcats to be really good next year. I think they'll be good. I think they'll be a competitive team. I think they'll be solid. Uh, Really excited to see what Nick Cardwell can do um, as the offensive line coach. I'm excited for the Bearcats to not have so much burden of expectations. I think maybe that did that maybe get to them last year. Well, that's, that's a topic for next week. Consider that a tease. All right, coming up, um, we did this last year. Um, the Bengals were the darlings of the NFL heading into the AFC Championship game last year. This year, there's a lot more on the line. I'll explain why after a word from two of our sponsors. So here on Lockdown Bearcats, we like to um, talk about the other teams in our city. Last year, the Bengals made a Cinderella run to the Super Bowl. Um, and the Sunday and the Friday before the AFC Championship game, we previewed it in one of our segments. Was hoping to get James Rapine on. Um, he's been uh, he's been very busy. Um, 
um, with all that he does for the Bengals and covering the team. And he just became a father, which we are very happy about. So the Bengals and Chiefs on Sunday, there is a lot on the line in this game. I, I, I've thought about this more and more throughout the week. There is a lot at stake in this game. I'm talking all the way up to legacies. I'm not saying Joe Burrow's legacy is on the line in this game, but Patrick Mahomes' legacy might be. Patrick Mahomes, um, for as great of a quarterback as he is, and there's no denying his greatness. He, he, is, he, is, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He could retire today, or he could retire after this season, and he'd be a Hall of Famer, first ballot. No question. He is greatness at the position. But if the, but it, but here's the thing, he's two and two in conference championship games. It's one thing to say, well, he's made five straight AFC championship games and he's hosted five straight. That's never happened before. And yes, that is true. That's great. But it's another thing if but it's another thing if you win them. If the Chiefs lose on Sunday, Patrick Mahomes' record of conference championship games two and three. He's played great in the two conference championship games the Chiefs have won. He played great in the first championship game he ever played in against New England back in 2018. He didn't play great last year, though, in the second half in overtime of the AFC championship game. So I'm going to say this. There is more pressure on Patrick Mahomes going into this game on Sunday than there is on Joe Burrow. Patrick Mahomes is, Patrick Mahomes is held to a high standard. At least he should be. If he's the best quarterback in the NFL, which I would even call that into question, if he's the best quarterback in the NFL, shouldn't he have an over 500 record in conference championship games? Um, his legacy to me, I, I mean, yes, he's won a Super Bowl. And he's won the biggest game that you can win in the NFL. He's a Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. He's an MVP in the regular season. He's going to win the MVP this year. But something about... And and the funny thing is, two years ago at this time, you thought he and the Chiefs were invincible. They were rolling everybody. They were 14-2. and They won the AFC Championship game. I mean, they, they, they outclassed the Bills in that AFC Championship game back in 2020. And then they lose the Super Bowl. And I remember the and I remember the talk after the game was, well, Patrick Mahomes was still amazing in a tough loss, and well, he didn't have two of his offensive linemen, and he was running around for his life. I mean, he gave the Chiefs every chance to make plays. That was the talk. No one really criticized Patrick Mahomes. But then again, I saw Joe Burrow, who, let's be honest, is probably not as athletic as Patrick Mahomes, and that's fine. I I think Joe Burrow is athletic, more than he's given credit for. But I saw Joe Burrow last week um, do just fine without three offensive linemen. Patrick Mahomes was running for his life without two in the Super Bowl. And I remember Dan Horde said to me the day after that game, he said, it wasn't like Todd Bowles, then the Buccaneers defensive coordinator, reinvented the wheel. They just rushed four. That's nothing new. So it wasn't like 
that the Buccaneers had this great game plan. They just took advantage of the Chiefs being injured, beat up, not healthy. But Patrick Mahomes couldn't deliver in that game. I get it. Some of some of the throws he made to give the Chiefs chances chances in that game were unbelievable. But ever since then, like the Chiefs have won 26 regular season games in the last two years. That's really good. But it's always it's always felt like though. They haven't been that dominant team. They started three and four last year. Now they won eight in a row. This year they started four and two. They lose to the Bills. They went on a 10 and one stretch to end the season. And they've won and they've won their first playoff game this year. So they're 11 and one in their last 12 games. Did you know the Bengals are 10 and 0? Of course you did. Um, <laughs> um, so. These two teams are the two best teams in the AFC. And here's the thing about this game. These are the two best teams in the AFC. I was sick and tired of hearing all season. Well, it's just a matter of getting the Bills Chiefs for the AFC Championship game. Bills Chiefs week six. That's the AFC Championship preview. Ah, Neutral site. Let's start selling tickets. Well, you better send those refunds to quote Joe Burrow. Because... Here's the deal. Josh Allen, for as great as he's made out to be, and he's a great quarterback. Someone asked me yesterday. They go, when do we start, you know, whatever about Josh Allen? I I forget what the wording was, but it was like something along the lines of, when do we start criticizing Josh Allen? When do we start, you know, saying he's not a great quarterback? There's no denying that. His great, he is a great quarterback. I believe Josh Allen, if he continues to play like the way he's played, will be in the Hall of Fame someday. But he's two and three against Patrick Mahomes. Two and three. Oh and two in the playoffs. He's only beaten him. I mean, he's, yes, he's beaten him twice in the regular season. But when it counts, he hasn't. And you can say, well, it wasn't his fault last year. Okay. You can say, well, it wasn't his fault in 2020. Okay, but Joe Burrow has beaten Patrick Mahomes three straight times, including last year in the AFC Championship game, including when they were down 21 to three. I mean, how does that not make the Bengals one of the two best teams in the AFC? And for what it's worth, you know, to quote Mark Duffner, they got to play us. The Bengals are the reigning AFC champions. And so now it's the Chiefs who are in the position of, if we want to be the best, we got to beat the best. Well, right now, the Bengals have what the Chiefs want. The Bengals have the trophy that's named after the Chiefs' owner or the founder of the Chiefs, Lamar Hunt. I better make sure that's right. Um, The Bengals have a trophy that is named after Lamar Hunt. And if that's something, that is something, I don't know if the Chiefs think about that. But that is really something to think about. Founder, the founder of the Chiefs, that trophy's named after him. The Bengals have it, and they won it in their stadium last year. And for what it's worth, the Bengals aren't afraid to go into Arrowhead Stadium and win and play the Chiefs. They've done it before. The Chiefs have lost at home once this year. 
Chiefs lost several home games last year. It's not like the Chiefs are invincible. They're not. Last year proved that. So Joe Burrow has an opportunity to go to a second straight Super Bowl. Other quarterbacks have to do that. And I don't know if I got every quarterback, but Tom Brady's done it. Patrick Mahomes has done it. Russell Wilson, Brett Favre, Troy Aikman, Joe Montana, John Elway, Terry Bradshaw, Fran Tarkenton, Bob Greasy, and Bart Starr. Joe Burrow wins on Sunday. He'll have more Super Bowl appearances than Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Steve Young, just to name a few. He'll have the same number of Super Bowl appearances as Brett Favre, Patrick Mahomes, Eli Manning, and he'll have more Super Bowl appearances than Dan Marino. Than Dan Marino. More Super Bowl appearances than a guy who at one point held almost, if not every, major passing record in the NFL. That's what Joe Burrow can do on Sunday. Joe Burrow. For a franchise that was downtrodden, overlooked, almost irrelevant to some people's eyes, people outside Cincinnati probably didn't even care. And if they did, they mocked the Bengals. Well, there's still some disrespect towards Bengals. We know that. The Chiefs are still really good. But it feels like now there are way more legitimate challengers to them. I mean, Jaguars, I mean, the Jaguars had them. If they don't turn the ball over twice in the fourth quarter, that game might turn out differently. I mean, I give Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars a ton of credit. They battled in that game. I mean, they could have, I mean, they maybe should have won that game considering Patrick Mahomes was out. You got to understand, the Bengals are the defending AFC champions. Not only are the Bengals the Chiefs' kryptonite, it's the Bengals and Chiefs that are the two best teams in the AFC, and the Bengals are probably the best considering that Burrow is 3-0 and against Patrick Mahomes. 3-0. and And that's... I mean, this is the fourth time in less than 400 days that they're playing. If Joe Burrow beats Patrick Mahomes for a fourth straight time, when do we start talking about Joe, <coughs> excuse me, Joe Burrow being the best quarterback in the AFC? If he's not already. I mean, Joe Burrow has five playoff wins in his first two years. And here's, here's another thing I think about when it comes to this game. And this relates to the Bearcats. Opportunity sometimes only comes few and far between. Much like the Peach Bowl in 2020 and the chance to make the college football playoff in 2021. We didn't know after the Peach Bowl if the Bearcats were going to get back to that position to have a chance at the very end of the game to beat an SEC powerhouse like Georgia. And in 2021, we didn't know if there was going to be another season where the Bearcats were going to have everything go their way to make the playoff. Well, they did. Right now, the Bengals have a really good opportunity to not only win Sunday, but to win the Super Bowl. They're healthy. They got a chip on their shoulder. They have talent. They have coaching. And they can beat anybody. And I believe Joe Burrow when he says the window is his whole career. I really do. Now, when these two teams played in week 13, there was conversation. Dan Hort talked about it with Jim Nance. Tyler Boyd talked about it leading up to the game of Burrow Mahomes being the next Brady Manning. Now, Mahomes... And there's some similarities to that rivalry. Mahomes dominated the AFC before Joe Burrow came along. We knew who Peyton Manning was before Tom Brady came along. Now, Manning really didn't dominate the AFC like Mahomes did. 
Manning didn't really dominate before Brady came along. Mahomes did before Burrow. And then Joe Burrow comes out of nowhere, and now it's like Patrick Mahomes is under the most pressure. Because Mahomes hasn't yet beaten Joe Burrow. And for what it's worth, Brady won the first six meetings with Peyton Manning, including twice in the playoffs. Here's a, but here's here's the last thing I'll say. I remember last year sitting in my hotel room, the night of the Super Bowl. The Bengals, I mean, it, it was there were a lot of feelings I had after that game. I was excited for the future of this franchise, but you, but I sat there wondering if the Bengals would ever get back. They now have this opportunity. I believe this is a team of destiny. I believe that with the motivation and the chip on their shoulders, it's high, the motivation, and the chip is genuine. They don't have pressure. Kansas City does. So with that, game pick, I'm picking the Bengals, 34-31 in overtime. McPherson hits from 45 yards after each team scores a touchdown in overtime with the new overtime playoff rules. I think this is going to be a classic Burrow Mahomes throwing haymakers at each other. This is going to be a game you do not want to miss if you are a if you're if you're a fan of either of these two teams, you're, you're not missing this game. But if you're a casual football fan, and by the way, this weekend you have three quarterbacks from Big 12 schools playing: Brock Purdy, Iowa State; Jalen Hurts, Oklahoma. Patrick Mahomes, Texas Tech. You have three Big 12 quarterbacks playing this week. One of them is going to play in the Super Bowl. So the Bearcats are going to a very good conference. And the Bearcats, who have become a school where you can go and develop and become an NFL-caliber player, that's only going to get better when the Bearcats join the Big 12. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for the game on Sunday. Can't wait for the Bearcats game tomorrow against Houston. Um Score prediction for me, hmm. I'll say Houston wins, but I think it's going to be close. I'll say 67 to 60. 215 tomorrow on CBS. Looking forward to watching um, with that. Um, I should say, my mom and I, my mom is a huge Bearcats fan. She and I will be watching um, the Bearcats game. On Saturday, of course, my dog. I love my mom and dog. They are the absolute greatest. Um, we'll have fun with that, uh, or I'll, I'll have fun with them. I'll have fun watching the game. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We're free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel and follow it to get an alert every new episode. I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an A-T-I. On Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, and email at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Thanks again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. Now, for your second listen, make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Lockdown College Basketball Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape, Lockdown College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. For Lockdown Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Back on Monday, recapping the Bearcats and the Cougars and looking – I teased something in segment two. Whatever I teased in segment two, we will t- touch on next week. Oh, yeah, that's what it was.
you won't have a three-game stretch as easy as ECU, SMU, and USF in the Big 12. Guarantee it. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Enjoy the Bengals game on Sunday. The Bengals could be going back to the Super Bowl with a win on Sunday in the AFC Championship game. Have a great day and weekend. I'll be back on Monday right here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.